Welcome, girls, guys, gays, and days. To Let's Get Into it. it! The show where no topic is off the table. And you'll never know what will come out of our mouths. Tune in for this hot take. I got to be security, but the power did go to my head, but whatever. Wouldn't let that happen. You are a toxic male at heart. <laughs> I represent toxic masculinity. And listen in to hear this little pearl of wisdom. And it was such a cult. I think I loved that too. <laughs> Just felt very culty. <laughs> I was into it. Yeah. Um, you do but- feel like someone who'd be easy to bring into a cult. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to do You don't want to advertise that. Let's get into it. Okay, hi. Hey, long time to see Andy. Yeah, Andy. How you going? How you going? Yeah, how are you? What have you been up to? Give me a little, give me a little summary. What you been doing? I'm in the in the land down under in Australia. Um, been here for like almost three weeks now. Yeah, pretty much three weeks. Um, Yeah, I've been hopping out. Tell the people, tell the people. I um, have been in Melbourne, which was really fun. That was like a bit of a hectic whirlwind. I was there for only just over a week. So I was like out all the time and going out for dinners and drinks and parties and went down to Torquay and all this kind of stuff and ended up spending a lot of money, <laughs> a lot more than I planned. But hey, that's the big city life. Um, and then yeah, I came over to Western Australia. Um and yeah, just had a really nice time with M, um, my friend from uni who you know as well. Uh-huh. Um Shout and we did a little M. road trip. Shout out to M. Um maybe you. she'll feature on this podcast one day. Who knows? Um we might, you know, get too big for our friends though. Mm. <laughs> Just leave them back. That's okay. They understand. <laughs> um, yeah, we went down the south coast of Western Australia to like really beautiful white sand beaches. Like the beaches here are insane. It's like white sand, turquoise water. When you're snorkeling, it's like you're literally in an aquarium. Oh, wow, man. That's very cool. Which is very cool. Been surfing quite a lot as well. But I'm so scared of sharkies. I'm so scared of them here. I don't know why. I mean, it's because there's a lot of them around here. And really, um, everything can kill you. It can. Um, and they have this helicopter that flies along the coast and it tracks sharks. And when they see one in the water, it they like hover over it and like try and scare the shark off. And I've seen it hovering a couple of times when I'm in the water and it just makes you like, ah! Like, I want to get out of the water now. <laughs> Definitely puts you on edge. Um, yeah, like last night we did like a dusk surf and Ooh. that's like prime shark time and I was just like paddling oh. out like, eek! Wait, so scary. Or what have you been using? 
Um, well, she's got a lot of friends here and all her friends surf. Um, so I've just been using one of her friends' boards. Mm, love that. Love that. Yes. Um, how about you? You're gearing up for a big, uh, big Your trip shit. I've heard on the grapevine. Yeah, so I am finishing up my ski season here. Uh, since today's Thursday, so since Tuesday, I've been fun employed, which has been great. Um, the private club I was working at season ended. So now I'm scot free just to like ski and board. Well, like, yeah, today I went snowboarding, but tomorrow I'll probably ski at the mountain and then I'll be here until next Tuesday. And then I am flying up to Canada um, to visit a friend, um, our friend Steph. And then we're going to spend a few days in Victoria before we hop on road bikes and we bike all the way down to Mexico. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. I've been, like, gathering gear and kind of getting ready. It's a big trip. It's a very big trip. And, <laughs> but I'm so excited. I'm excited for an adventure. I'm excited to go somewhere. I'm excited to, like, kind of get out of Big Sky. And I don't know. It's been, like, I've had a really good time Big here. Big Sky, Montana. Big Sky, small town. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been good. But, you know, onto, onto other things, onto adventures. So, no, yeah. Big other things. Mm-hmm. Nice. And it's the same day that you fly off to England. I know, we're so in sync. We're so in sync. (laughs) And we didn't even Just like a lot of girls living together and syncing up their moon cycle, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) You got it, sister. Hey, hey. (laughs) you got it, sister. (laughs) Um, Alright, so... Um, we wanted to talk today about weird or just jobs, the world of employment, which is something that both of us are currently fun employed. And personally, I love being fun employed. <laughs> it's probably mm-hmm. my status of employment. <laughs> um, yeah, and I feel that. I, yeah, I feel like we both live our lives in the manner or pace, I guess, of work, make money, travel, spend it all. Work. It's like a constant cycle. I like it. Mm. Keeping on your toes. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Um, yeah. What? Yes, like we definitely had some interesting jobs over the years. I feel like we touched on it a little bit um, in past episodes, but like I feel but like when you're it. a backpacker, you end up doing some. Oh, <laughs> hello. I feel like. Um, <laughs> Last time on Let's Get Into It. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like you end up doing some pretty weird left of center jobs. Um, Just for the sake of making a buck. Yeah. Can you uh, think of any? <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about So, my <clears throat> first job, well, our first jobs were both in Melbourne. And. Mm. Around similar times, but you started a little bit before me. Um, just a wee bit. Just a wee bit. My first job, I got through a weird connection. Um, I met this guy randomly for a few days 
who was from Melbourne when I was in Peru. And we just interacted like a little bit. And then I end up in Melbourne and I say like, oh, or I don't know, we made plans to meet up. And so we meet up. Mm -hmm. I meet his roommate and his roommate is pretty wasted. And we just start talking about how I just arrived. And he's like, oh, well, the hotel I'm working at is hiring. And I was like, okay, sure. What's the job? He goes, it's called a director of chaos. I was like, what the? What is <laughs> director of chaos. Oh, just, just like reach out to me and uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I follow up on that because I was like, I need a job. I don't know how to find me mm. a job. So I reached out to his roommate, whose name is Jake, and went in for an interview and was hired on the spot. And I found out that director of chaos was basically concierge. But concierge was like with like a twist. So you would help people with their bags and have the valets park their cars and help them like get them checked in to the cafe and mm. kind of do everything around the hotel. But you also had to do it where you were wearing full face of makeup. A wig. <laughs> that was so funny. The wig was so funny. The wig was, I mean, I've never, it was, it was where my curiosity with bangs started and yeah. a black bob. But, yeah, it was it was, Dora the Explorer vibes. Yeah, it was very Dora the Explorer vibes. If you want to see it, <laughs> my Instagram. <laughs> um, and it was a great job, honestly. Like, I was just kind of paid to dance outside and juggle and make fun of people. And you were supposed to be, like, quirky and flirty with the guests who came in. I was like, I don't really wow. you're very flirty in general, but uh, I'll give it a shot. Um, Gave it your best streetwalker no. impression. <laughs> what? A streetwalker? <laughs> I didn't yeah. have to ask what, because it was like my first week in Australia, and I started working. Mm. It's like, what are people saying? Are they saying, how are you going? Yeah, how are you going? And I was like, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, <laughs> He goes, no, 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 no. How are you going? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> With my legs. What do you mean? And it was a whole thing. Um, but that was where I met Billy Eyesplash and my best friend, <laughs> Billy, Billy Eyelash. Billy Eyelash. Yeah, your bestie. Um, <laughs> right before she got big, 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 and I had to be security and fight off 15 year olds. Um, yeah. You accidentally. It was a pretty good job to have, to be honest. Yeah. Got a lot of croissants. It was pretty chill. Met some celebrities. Yeah, true. Yeah, it was a yeah. good job. You, the hours were pretty easy as well, eh? Like, it wasn't too late or too early. Yeah. I got to be security. The, the power did go to my head, but whatever. Wouldn't let that happen. You are a toxic male at heart. <laughs> I represent toxic masculinity. Don't forget it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but your job was pretty nuts as well. Yeah, my first one was pretty wild. Um, Can't really remember how I got it, to be honest. I feel like I saw an advert on one of those websites, you know, like Indeed or something like that. And it was for, it was actually a complete lie. It was for like a marketing role. That's what it was advertised as. And I was like, oh, cool. Like I've, I've always wanted to work in marketing. It's something that I've always been interested in. 
and I turned up to the interview and they weren't really very clear about what the job was then either. Yeah, I feel like I still didn't know what the interview, like, what the job was until after the interview. And I turned up and it was a fucking on-street fundraiser for charities. So, like, those people who pound the pavements and stand on the streets and try to get you to sign up for stuff. And it was awful. It was so bad. The culture was so toxic and so, like, fake, like... I feel like all of the managers and everyone who was, like, in quotes, good at the job was so fake. Like, they were always trying to, like, yeah. it sounds, always sounded like they were trying to sell you stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, he'd be like, I was at this gig and it was, like, the best thing ever. Like, they always speak in hyperbole, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, everything is amazing and, like, I don't know. It's just, like, no one is like that. And it was just wild. Like, you'd be standing in the street and the manager would be watching you. And he'd be like, you can't let anyone walk past. If you let anyone walk past you, the manager would, like, come up to you and be like, why did you let that person walk past? And he had to, like, come up with an excuse (laughs) every time. And then he's like, you have to hear people say no three times before you let them walk off. Um, And again, yeah, like, if you, wow, (laughs) it's a rock star. Um, Sorry. Um, If you let people walk off then again he'd be on you and he'd be like why did you let them walk off it was just like really stressful and really like it was toxic and it also was just like degrading I don't know it's just weird to like stand in the street and there were some cooked things that were going on as well like they never said this but they very much targeted like old ladies by themselves like younger girls by themselves like you would see them fucking run in and hound people like that and it's just so gross and like you're taking money from people who can't afford it by putting pressure on them and like most of the money doesn't even go to a charity anyway so like it's not great and yeah it took me like three or four weeks before I was like no you know what I don't want to be doing this (laughs) my time and it was really bad for my mental health just like not enjoying work and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's glad to be out of there and it was it was just wild like yeah they were like every morning we'd have team meetings and everyone would have to be like woo like really enthusiastic like let's go get some numbers today and like i've hidden 50 dollars around the office now everyone scrabble around and try and find it and we also have to do like role playing and stuff it was just like it was weird. It felt like a meme. The whole thing felt like a meme. Was it, it wasn't it like about this job that we had our first conversation? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we were talking about, well, kind of similar to this. We were talking about jobs, and yeah, you were just saying how much I hated my job. You were telling me how I feel. <laughs> Tell it how it is, like, sister. Writing it back to you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Help it- Yep. Realize your own realization. Truth. <clears throat> truth, yeah. Helping you find truth. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. I found it. And I quit. <laughs> it was as soon as they started talking to me about my numbers. Like, oh. they were like, we need to talk about how many signups you're getting. And I was like, nah, don't care. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah. Okay. 
On the same note of jobs, what's the weirdest job that you have? Um, I haven't had too many weird jobs. Probably like this. It was weird, and it was so cruisy. It was the one where I was a beer rep in Melbourne. That was before I came back. I was going to say. I couldn't believe that that was a job. My job what? Your weird job was the the grind. That wasn't weird. That was like just. It was pretty uh, shite. Yeah, it was just torture. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I think the beer rep one was the weirdest because I just like literally got to stand in a shop and like spin yarns to people about beer and give away free samples. And then at the end of the day, I got to take home like boxes of beer and I got given heaps of free beer. Got paid really well as well. I think I got like 30 to 35 dollars an hour. Um, so yeah, I just couldn't believe how crazy that was. Where did stop? Um, I think because I wasn't selling enough, I had to like tell them at the end of each shift, um, how many I'd done. And I think like the one shift where I, I had only sold like two boxes or something, they stopped <laughs> giving me shifts. <laughs> yeah. They're like, using us. Well, I think they were just like, he's obviously not trying hard enough. Because I wasn't. I was like, the beer will sell itself. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it, I only did it for like three weeks. But it was, it was good. And it was like a side hustle as well. I did that as well as um, working at the rooftop bar. So I was getting quite a lot of money. Um, yeah. How about you? I can't really remember you doing many weird jobs when we knew each other, but maybe like throughout yeah. your life you've done each something other. weird. But it was only specific times when we knew each other. Um, yeah, I would say my weirdest job was when I was on the vineyard for a week. Mm. That was yeah. I was yeah, I was living in the van at the time, and I went to the vineyard with a friend of mine. Oh, was and this we in were New like, Zealand? Yeah, this is. Outside of Christchurch. Um, oh, yep. I, her and I went and we were like, yeah, we're going to commit. We're going to do this thing. Cause I had this like romanticized dream of what it would be like to work on a farm and like everyone works together mm-hmm. and everyone plays together and it's just kind of like fun. Um, but yeah. then, and I, I had like really romanticized it. I was like, it'd be so amazing. Um, so we go to this vineyard and it was an organic vineyard winery setup thing and it was like okay great like we're gonna live with all the people that we work with and we get there and we go to the campsite and it's just empty and so my friend and I are like oh this is kind of weird like it's a bit of a ghost town maybe people arrive tomorrow so we're like whatever we're just hanging out with each other the next day we go to work and it turns out all the people working there are like in their 50s or locals and none of them are going to be at the my whole vision of like living and working together was very off because they were just like this is my job because I'm retired and I just feel like being outside or like I'm on break (laughs) and I was like oh god um so (laughs) I lasted a week and my friend lasted three days or two and I think it was two and a half days and then I lined for Queenstown because I was like Get me out of here! It was really spooky to kind of be in the middle of nowhere in New Zealand. Yeah, also, like, just 
not with anyone you could potentially I mean I'm sure you could have made friends with like the 50 year olds but it's not really like I don't know what that was your plan yeah no no I guess some people have really cool experiences working in places like that um yeah like I, I think it just I think you get lucky or you get unlucky like some people have been on like you know like kiwi pruning up in tipuki or something and um I think because there's a lot of backpackers there, it's very young and very also like party party vibes, which, you know, mm. as we discussed offline, you're not really feeling anymore. So maybe yeah. not. Yeah. I feel like a world lab vibe would be nice, but I don't know if that would actually exist on a working farm. Maybe it would. Yeah. I mean, I think it just depends. Well, you and I were planning on doing the farm work thing before we uh, moved to, well, like, you were going to leave Wellington and meet me and we were going to go to a farm place, but we didn't know where. True. I don't that remember like, that. OG plan. Oh, did you ever consider, oh, you didn't even need to do farm work, did you, in Australia? Nope. Uh, you just had to do regional hospitality work. Yep. Um, but I didn't consider doing it because I didn't want to stay in Australia for two years. I feel like yeah. I wanted to start doing other things. Yeah. Which, Just for context, you have to do like 88 days of regional hospitality work or farm work to get a second year on your visa. And then there's an option to do six months of farm work to get a third year if you're from the UK. Um, but man, Just, I heard some horrible stories about that, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> But I've also heard some really good stories, so I feel like it just depends. It does depend. It does. Like, I know, I just heard so many stories of people working, like, 12-hour days and getting paid, like, $50 an hour, like, fully just being exploited. That I was like, I just don't want to take that gamble. I don't want to stay in Australia that badly. Mm. I mean, now I feel like I do, but I feel like there are probably workarounds. Maybe. Yeah, sponsored. Yeah, maybe. Although, yeah, I for sure. I certainly want to be sponsored. And then, like, tired. Yeah. That's stressful. And <laughs> it is stressful, my friend. Um, should we take a break? Yes, let's take a break. Speaking of stress and being overworked. I'm actually outside now, so I don't know if you can hear the beautiful sounds of the Australian bush. Can you hear birds chirping and the wind through the eucalyptus tree? It's very poetic. I can smell the eucalyptus. That's crazy. How did you do that? <laughs> it's called um, superpower, baby. That would yeah. be a weird superpower. That would be a very weird superpower. Okay, I so. Then smells the phone call. Anyway. Are you ready? Are you ready to get back into it? <laughs> hey, that would be a pretty good name for a show. Get back into it? Get into it. Or that could be like our rival show, Get Back Into It. Ooh. Or should that be our spin-off? Yeah, we'll have to find someone to host. Let's get back into it. It could be like a discussion show of our podcast episodes. Like Ooh. a review. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Let's get back into it. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we could get some friends to do it. Um, yeah, so let's get back into the topic. Um, that was probably like one of the worst jobs I think I've ever had. So maybe it would be nice to talk about something a bit more uplifting. Yeah, like that job. What would you? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've been talking loads. Do you want to start off? <laughs> Okay. Hey, so this is a democracy. Thanks. I feel like this is an equal society. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I would say the best job that I ever had was doing the ski season in, in Queenstown. I just loved mm. it. It was so fun. Like every day you'd go to work and we were like, my whole team was friends with each other. So you'd wake up, but it was okay because Everyone that I worked, everyone that I lived with, um, we all kind of started around the same time and had to get on the same bus. And so it wasn't like we're all but, in this together. And we'd get up and we'd get on this bus ride, which is a half an hour. And it picked us up right outside of our house, really. And you'd go up the mountain, you'd watch the sunrise. And then all day you just hang out with your friends. Like, yeah, of course, it's work and you have to do things. And sometimes it gets busy, but. When you're friends with all your coworkers, it's great. And then yeah. our, we would get cut at like one thirty or at two thirty, but the mountain didn't close until four. So we would just I would See. grab skis and go out and ski for the rest of the day. Or then, or some days like we had night skiing, so then I would just be able to ski for like six hours. It was Whoa. great. It was Spooky I could work a full day and ski for a full day. Maybe not six hours, maybe like yeah. four. But still, that's all that you really want to ski. Hey, anyway, we love it when you tell the truth. Good mm. oh, <laughs> Um <laughs> And it was just so fun. Like, everyone worked together. It, like, felt like the mountain was your home. Got a ton of free food because, like, we knew friends who worked in food and beverage. And then you'd, like, ski whenever until whenever. Then you'd go home and do it all over again the next day. It was Great. And usually there's always stuff going on after work with your team or your friends or like just other people. And it was such a cult. I think I loved that too. <laughs> just felt very culty. <laughs> and I was into it. Yeah. Um, you do but, feel like someone who'd be easy to bring into a cult. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty guilty <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm not even going to um, You don't want to advertise that. My favorite, that was definitely my best job. And, like, I didn't really care about the money. It was just like, oh, whatever. Like, I'm getting paid to do this anyway. Like, I wanted to do it. So It's not about the money, yeah. money, money. Not me. Um, <laughs> not me, girl. Sing it, Jesse J. And it was such a good time. And That's my best job. What about you, nice. bro? Yeah. Well, I was going to say it was nice to see you down there and like see how fun your life was. And just like, yeah, seemed like seemed like the right fit for you because you got to like be active. You also got to be super social and it's in like a beautiful environment. Yeah, Ugh, yeah. it was very cool. So freaking beautiful. Made me want to die. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Made you want to die or cry? Both at the same time. Um, Whoa. <laughs> a lot of emotion. Yeah. Um, you, HBU. Oh, 
H-B-U-W-U-U-2. Um, what are you doing? Is there a ghost I, at your window? I heard some voices, but there is no uh, one, so I'm just making things up. Oh, there's some, there's some voices on this side of the phone. I don't know if you can hear that. There was can definitely a Oh, okay. We're setting up for a party later. Mm. Yeah, very fun. Um, yeah, for me, I don't know. I think my best job has probably been starting my career as a, you know, cutting edge journalist. <laughs> Bringing all the hot stories, um, <laughs> to the people, giving them what they want. Um, Nah, in all honesty, like, yeah, that's been a really, really cool, um, experience for me. And just, just like came about so randomly. Like I have always been interested in writing and, um, when I was younger, I used to make me and my family friend who lived around the corner used to make, um, this newspaper called the monthly thing, um, where we would like write in it about what we'd been up to and like, you know, trips that we'd taken into town or like, school plays that we'd been in and stuff and that always came with a uh dvd as well it was a very multimedia um oh wow corporation for yeah which is actually funny now because i am obviously a published journalist and she is now like a pretty well-paid like good camera woman so like the monthly thing really um came back around in it the worked. end um, but yeah, I, I literally just emailed, um, stuff, which is one of the biggest media outlets in New Zealand. I think it's actually the busiest, the one that gets like the most online traffic or something. I think, yeah, some people have said that. I don't know who, um, <laughs> yeah, I not to drop any names. Yeah. I don't want to drop any names, but, uh, some people could say that. I, um, I literally just emailed them being like, Hey, I really want to write for you. I think I've got quite a unique perspective because I'm like a British backpacker who's here during COVID times. And also like I'm a member of the alphabet mafia, you know, LGBT crew. Um, and I kind of enjoy doing things where there's not as much queer perspective around, you know, like surfing and hiking and spending time in the great outdoors with all you filthy breeders. Um, and they were like, yeah, sick. Um, and I got to write some really cool pieces for them about like, yeah, literally that, like bringing the queer perspective into like areas where they're not as visible. And it was just, it was just empowering. It was cool to be able to do that. It did like give me a lot of, I don't know, like visibility slash vulnerability. Like I had a lot of people like, I got haters for the first time in my life. That was an experience. You know, people just commenting and like, well, I'm like, a, oh, like, I've always been, you a are hater. a hater. Haters will make you famous. Mm. Um, yeah, just people being like, this isn't a problem because I'm straight and I don't stare at gay people if they're walking down the street holding hands. So it doesn't exist. The problem doesn't exist and like all that kind of stuff. But, I kind of ignored that. There were like heaps of lovely comments of people being like, it's so nice to hear this perspective. Like I 
you know, people were like sharing their own stories about how they didn't like, you know, they'd like go hiking with their same sex partners or whatever. And everyone would assume that they were friends. And then you just have to have like awkward conversations and stuff. And yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's like, it's conceptual, you know, like a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about is more about like the fear of what people will think rather than what actually happens like yes some people sometimes like stare at you and stuff but like i think the fact that you even have to like think about um you know is it safe for me to hold my boyfriend's hand here and stuff like it's important to talk about that because um yeah anyone who isn't a white straight male i feel like can relate to that in some sort of way whoa yeah. <laughs> that's a big reaction <laughs> party party yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying and yeah it's really cool that you got to put your voice out there are you still able to write for them even though you're not in New Zealand anymore or like what's the deal yeah I've got a story coming out next week um, which is for the Australian media outlet um, which was about leaving leaving and going home basically and just like being away from home during like a really turbulent three years and like how weird it is to feel like I'm leaving like my stable life behind and how like New Zealand slash Australia feels more familiar to me than my own home country right now Mm -hmm. and just like yeah dealing with those feelings and also I I contacted stuff actually yesterday um about an article but I wanted to write for them about returning to Australia and how like it's another like unique perspective thing like how I'm coming back after all this time away and it feels like nothing changed but obviously they had a really really shit two years in Melbourne you know they had heaps of lockdowns and stuff but because I came back when I did you know I was meeting backpackers for the first time in two years like fresh off the boat like English people and stuff and because the borders are still closed in New Zealand um are they not in Oz? Uh, no, no, they opened in Feb. Oh sheesh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm literally meeting people who have like been in Australia for like a week. Oh my god, that's pretty painful. wild. Yeah, it's wild, like talking to people and then being like, Yeah, I got here from, from Manchester like ten days ago. I'm like, whoa, what is what is England like? You know, what's the price of milk? A meal deal's oh, still the same. <laughs> That's yeah, right. We'll we'll probably take a break anyway. Yeah, Open. let's take a break. <laughs> hello. Hello. Hello, hello, Cleo, Cleo, no. Um, yeah, so we were talking about best jobs, which was lovely. Um, but hey, let's bring the mood down. <laughs> uh, what do you, what's like, because obviously, again, really just, I feel like being a backpacker, we keep coming back to, but I feel like you never really juggle jobs as much as when you're, you know, on a visa or whatever, but. You definitely have to do some less than ideal jobs or go through some, you know, pretty shitty work situations. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Do you want to 
just our. Um. So yeah, some not therapy. Great jobs. Um, I would say overall, I think I've been really lucky with my job search. Like things have always kind of worked out. Um, (laughs) overall, obviously everyone has their bad days, and like I had this one particularly bad day. Well, it was more like a month. So, um. When I was working for the Electoral Commission uh, in New Zealand, I was on the recruitment team. I was a recruitment coordinator, which meant, like, I was getting all the people, like, onboarded and getting them all their paperwork and stuff. But um, what kind of (laughs) happened was that I sent out – I didn't send out a contract or a letter of offer before someone was about to start. Um, and I, I only realized about it like the day before when they were like, we're missing this paper. And I was like, oh shit, like I'll send it to them. So I sent it out. They sent it back to me like on the day that they were supposed to start. And I was like, oh, I guess that's fine. Like I'll just file it away. Mm -hmm. Uh, later on, once their contract was almost complete, the person had been really unhappy with how the job had gone and their experience working for the electoral commission. And they kind of, they yeah. put up a stink, really, and they thought that they should be paid more. And I, I think it was, I think it was like when they were coming to the conclusion of their contract. And I decided to, um, what? No, I didn't decide to do anything. Um, my manager came up to me and they were just like, "Did you send this person a letter of offer in time?" And I was like, ah, "Let me look." Um, turns out I had. Yeah. And then she went on tirade about, like, how I had been hiding things from her and I was keeping secrets and how she couldn't trust me as an employee. And it was, like, just me as her employee. And I didn't know what I didn't know, honestly. And I didn't know that I needed to tell her, like, that the letter of offer wasn't sent out at the right time. I thought that I would just, like, Mm -hmm. I'd fix it, I guess. Um, But anyway, the guy kept complaining and he wanted to bring legal action against the electoral commission for improper like onboarding and not being true to their word and all this stuff. And they had an article in one of the newspapers about this scandal in the electoral commission and a disgruntled employee. And they were threatening to sue if the commission didn't pay them more money, even though it was their misunderstanding Oh, that's what it was. Mm. It was the recruitment agency was advertising a different amount than what the electoral commission was paying. So it was actually the recruitment agency who was incorrect on their paperwork. But he was like citing how yeah. the onboard was a shit show, and that was specifically my fault. And it was this whole yeah. mess where I was absolutely scared poopless by my manager. Because I was like, she's yeah. going to murder me in my sleep. <laughs> that was like, she, uh, she did, and we're actually yeah, talking to your ghosts. Mm hmm. That's why we're never in the same place at the same time because Andy's still alive and I was murdered. Yeah, like that's in the afterlife. (laughs) It's not too bad, guys. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Actually hosting a Uh, seance right now. (laughs) That's what this podcast is. Let's get into it. Ghost edition. (laughs) (laughs) Has everyone got their Ouija boards? Have you ever used one of those? Mm, No. I think it would freak me out. If it worked, I'd be like, "Ah!" 
I'm finding out things I didn't want to know. And if it didn't work, yeah, it did. Yeah. Which is like... It's all codswallop. Yeah, it's not really a win-win situation. More lose-lose. Um, yeah, I feel like I'd be too spooked uh, to try it. But hey, maybe that's a conversation for another episode. We do like <laughs> ones about I got possessed by a ghost or something. Oh, nice. Know. Yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh, we should have like a spooky stories one. I've got some pretty good spooky stories. Maybe that could be a <laughs> Halloween special. Um, yes. How about uh, you? For you? Me, yeah, probably worst job. I've had a couple. I've definitely had a couple. Um, more like different to yours than like it wasn't experiences in the job rather than like the whole job was actually shit. Um, like we were talking about the grand earlier, which was like a nightclub that I worked in till the early hours of the morning, which was pretty awful. But in terms of like actually genuinely like traumatizing experience was working as a tradie on a construction site. It was like really bad. Like I, it was really physically and emotionally like, exhausting i like every day we were shoveling gravel in this like gravel pit <laughs> like it felt like we were in like le miserable like le mis or something <laughs> um just like barely saw sunlight and for like 12 hours a day you're just shoveling gravel um <laughs> so it was awful anyway and then like to add to that like the people were just cooked like i didn't come out on the site because I didn't feel safe to, because as soon as I arrived, everyone was saying like to each other, like without knowing I was gay, but like to each other, they'd be like, Oh, like, why can't you lift that? You faggot. And like, are you a sissy? And like all of this, like, just like always using gay as an insult and like using homophobic slurs and also being really racist as well. Um, in like, just, just most conversations revolved around that or came back to that. And it was just like, it was upsetting and it was really isolating and it made me feel really vulnerable. And then when I reported it um, and quit and had a big meeting with the site manager, they literally said, they were like, um, oh, really sorry that this has happened to you. Like they were really sympathetic and listened to me, but they were like, but we actually can't do anything to change it. It's just part of the culture, <laughs> which is so bad. Like they were like, yeah, we can, we can talk to them about it, but like they're just going to go to other sites and forget everything. And like they, they were just like genuinely like, yeah, there's nothing we can do to help you, which was what? so insane. It was so wild to me. And I was just sitting there like so shocked that I didn't really like argue back. Um, I was just like sort of crying and like, yeah, couldn't believe it was happening. So then I contacted the head of HR like two or three weeks later and talked her through the whole situation. And she replied, she was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Um, I would love, we, we want to, you know, be a leader in the industry, you know, the trading industry of you know, change, like we've already done that with like mental health and stuff. Um, so we want to help make people feel comfortable and safe, you know, in the workplace. 
Mm-hmm. And she was like, we'll run a bunch of ideas by you and we want you to be involved in our work process or whatever. And I was like, great, cool. Sounds good. Um, sent her an email and she didn't reply and sent her like two follow up emails. She didn't reply. This is the head of HR. And I called her twice, left her voicemails and she didn't reply. So like, obviously they, yeah, it was all just bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Fucking lame. Say their names. Say their names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad that, I don't know, I'm glad that you stopped working there pretty quickly after. Yeah, well, when I went in for that meeting, they were like, do you want to stay on to site? And I was like, fuck no. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. It was weird because it was like really isolating and horrible, but it was also kind of empowering. Like they were like, you didn't uh, like none of our site managers were part of the problem, were they? And I was like, yes. And like named all the site managers. And then they're like, okay, we'll go away and talk to them. Um, So that was cool. That was kind of a nice feeling. I was like, (laughs) at least there's going to be some like consequences because they fully wouldn't have thought that they were doing anything wrong. Mm hmm. Yeah, well, that's the problem, isn't it? Ignorance. Yeah. And also, like, just because I, they were all like, oh, we didn't know that you were gay. And I was like, that shouldn't make a difference. Like, it doesn't matter if someone's gay or not. Like, you shouldn't be, like, saying homophobic slurs and, I don't know, they're just. Maybe you should stop putting it in their face and making them feel like you're flaunting your gayness. Maybe that was the issue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you are a And then, yeah, apparently they had a full site meeting the next day about it, which was kind of cool, but I didn't go to it. I kind of was inter- would have been interested in going because I want to know how they handled it and what the reaction was. But also right. I was just not comfortable with it. I wish I'd recorded that conversation, though. <clears throat> now that I'm like in full journalism mode i'm like oh it would have been actually a really good idea to record the conversation with that guy who told me like there's nothing we can do about it it's just part of the industry because then the head of hr would 100 percent have replied to my emails sometimes you just need a little bit of blackmail in this life <laughs> it's only a little anything bit you take away from this episode let it be that lesson sometimes <laughs> blackmail, blackmail is, is good. good just like a white <laughs> lie is okay wait Oh, God, but a white male is dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We found the loop in the Matrix. <laughs> da, da, da. Um, yeah, so that's kind of a quick rundown of our employed slash fun employed life. I have one final question for you. Yeah. Um, something that we've talked about quite a lot recently. It's very... Um, deep philosophical Um, do you think having worked quite a lot you know now and also travelled and whatever do you think money buys you freedom (sighs) yes okay and here's my reason so I think the concept of money it does buy you freedom because it allows you to live and, okay, 
It depends on what your version of freedom is. <laughs> Let's yeah, go yeah, back. Yeah. It depends on what your version of freedom is, because if freedom is truly like no possessions, life on the road, um, don't need anything except for what I can carry, then, yeah, money doesn't really guide you. Um, but if it's kind of our version of freedom, where it's like we can live the traveler life that we want to and kind of not have too much stress in our lives and be able to just kind of have fun. Like our main priority is fun. Money does dictate our lives because we need something to be able to do that. But I think excessive yeah. money doesn't buy happiness. Like doesn't buy happiness. enough buys happiness. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. having to stress about money buys happiness. But I guess you can always yeah. choose to stress about For it at sure. whatever amount that you have. That's my big philosophical yeah. take. Hits the big pen. I um <laughs> I um I I I agree with you. I think it a hundred percent does because I have lived both lives. I've lived a life with no money and I've lived a life with being very financially stable and very financially comfortable. And I one thousand million percent felt way more free and way more happy when I was not having to stress about money. It's like a huge privilege to not even have to think about it. I didn't even have to think about money for a year and a half. I could like go on all these trips and buy myself nice clothes and all of this stuff because I was getting really good, reliable income. So, yeah, for me, I think it does buy you freedom. And I think, like you were saying, if you are in a van and you're, you know, living really, really, you know, low spending or whatever i still think you are not free because what if your car breaks down or what if you run out of money for food like you always have to worry about money at some point in your life when you are living like that when you are living like very sort of bottom of the barrel and it's so restricting to be like i "I can't do that because i can't afford it you know i think money on both ends can be a cage because like you need money to buy your needs So, like, on the end that we're talking about, like, we'll say the low end of the economic spectrum where you, like, need money literally for survival. Um, Money is a cage because it means that you have to abide by the rules of those outside of the cage to um, survive and live, like, literally just live. But then on the other end of the spectrum, money can be a cage if you are always searching for more and you are tying so much, like, personal sense of value to money and it becomes this thing where you're always working towards it and don't and it's framing your life in a way that you don't want so yeah i think it can't there's like a happy medium and it just has to be your relationship with money that has to be healthy yeah that is my word of wisdom (laughs) all right thank you everyone that's what a note to finish on um hope you've learned a little bit more about us and our work lives um do you have anything else to say to sign out no no okay she obviously just doesn't care enough about you that's all we've got time for this week tune in next time for more let's get into it